Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. So excited to have you guys back this week. Um, well, we just want to welcome David. He was a friend of Toby. You guys met each other at LifeQuest, which was the previous church that uh, Toby pastored. Um, and we're just excited to just get to know you a little bit and talk through some of the things that God's been working in your life and maybe some of the stories that have been coming up. So thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. Um, I thought maybe if you would like to, maybe just start, um, how did you and Toby get to know each other and what kind of brought you to LifeQuest and how did that relationship kind of start? Um, how did the two of you just get to know each other? Okay, so I started attending Christ Memorial Church like around 2005 maybe. And uh, after a few years being there, um, a church plant idea came up and on the, uh, to start a church. Uh, church on the on the north side i'm sorry i I was saying south earlier Mm. um and i thought it was going to be like a prayer group kind of thing or bible study and i was like yeah sure but then i found out no that they were start trying to start a a new church Mm -hmm. and i was like no i don't think i want to do this so you know i think i told pastor marianne at that point you know she was the the one who was helping get this started that i didn't want to do this and she's like, well, why don't you pray about it, you know, pray pray about it. And I did, you know, I prayed about it and others prayed about it. And yeah, you know, God called me to to serve there, to be there, you know. Sometimes I'm like, what for? You know, I mean, I haven't really done much, you know, mm-hmm. or anything. Uh, and so, yeah, um, through the process, they were looking for, for some pastors. And uh, Pastor Toby's name came up. And, and yeah, I remember being at Christ Memorial in a room like this and i think um he was getting interviewed over the phone and stuff uh and i asked him a weird question (laughs) embarrassed about it i won't share but uh i I (laughs) I want to hear it i forgot i'll tell you later (laughs) (laughs) you know but i liked his response but uh yeah that's that's uh that's how you know the first time i ever heard toby's voice and then um i think there was three people you know that they were looking at and Mm -hmm. toby toby got you know, the yeah. job. And yes, uh, we started meeting at um, Request Foods building upstairs. You know, that's how I met Toby. And I could see, you know, he was very energetic, uh, a good leader, you know, uh, could connect with people, make authentic, you know, relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I fell in love with him. Mm, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, as That's a brother so in Christ, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I thought um, the two of you kind of have a little more history, obviously, than, than I do with you. We just met a few minutes ago. Um, okay. So I wanted to kind of sort of hand off to Toby and let you ask some questions of David that can help us get to know his story and uh, maybe just some things that are going to be encouraging for us to hear of just how God has worked in your life and some of the things that you've experienced through him as friends. Um, so I don't know how you want to kind of go through that, but... Sure. First, I'd like to just, for those, since this is not a, a video and you're hearing just the audio, I want to describe David uh, so you can kind of picture him. Uh, <laughs> super handsome. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but you can hear in his laugh, there's just this contagious spirit about David hmm. that I believe the Lord, uh, through his spirit, has put in an evangelist. Uh, people warm up to David right away. I mean, you have so much life in your eyes, the smile that just lights up, the laugh, you engage with people. So so that's David Rendon mm-hmm. kind of in a nutshell, and just passionate about the Lord and wanting to serve the Lord. And one of the things that we really want to kind of dig in today is we've been trying to talk about all the time on mission, and that's a phrase you and I have used for a lot of years mm-hmm. together. And, and we'd start kind of every Sunday together just saying, what's your Adam story all the time on mission? Yes. And you were always one of the first to stand up and say, let me tell you what the Lord has done. So I wanted to talk kind of from that perspective to get uh, just some ideas. We're trying to help people understand you're on mission all the time, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, uh, whether you're in the neighborhood, at the grocery store, your particular work, you're, you're a truck driver. Mm-hmm. 
So can you kind of share a little bit about how you, you opened up your own business, your own truck dedicated to the Lord? Can you kind of walk us through that process and, and what took place? And then let's talk a little bit about how you lived it out all the time on mission. I'll try. Um, so yes, um, I'm a truck driver. I've been driving since 1997. Um, and then I couldn't drive for a little while, and then I moved up to Michigan in 2005. Uh, but ever since I since I was a kid, because we used to travel to to Michigan further north, Alma, Ithaca, Unionville, Cairo, all that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the first time I started traveling like outside of Texas, and I remember those semis going by and the big wheels, <laughs> and when they made those turns, I was just fascinated. So I I remember telling my mom, you know, I must have been like. Uh, 10, 11 years old. I want to be a truck driver so, when I grow up. That's so funny because I think my first thought is I hope I never have to drive that thing. You know? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's awesome. And I loved it, you know. I mean, and so, yeah, I became a truck driver and I always wanted to own my own truck. But I was afraid because a lot of friends of mine who were getting into the trucking industry were buying their trucks right, right away. And then they would go out of business because they couldn't budget. They, you know, couldn't deal with with you know, all the paperwork and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't want that for me. Hmm. I, I mean, nope. I know that if I get one, I know I'm not good with money, so I don't even want to go there. But then an opportunity uh, an opportunity came up in 2014 where a friend told me, hey, you know what, Sergio was sell- selling his truck. You know, uh, why don't you talk to him? You know, I'm like, no, I don't want to. You know, I, I, I don't want to. But then I get home and I'm thinking, wow, that would be nice, you know. God, do you want me to get a truck? And, and, and so my friend tells me again, hey, Sergio's selling the truck. You know, why don't you buy it? No, 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 I, I don't want to. But I kept, you know, thinking about it. You know, he planted a seed. And so then I started talking to a friend of mine, Roger, and even Toby and others. And Roger's a member of the church. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you started gathering some guys around church to really pray into this with you. Yes, yep, that, true. And Roger... Uh, had already for two, three years at this point been walking me through helping me manage my finances, budget, and and stuff like that. So I took it to him, too, and I said, hey, well, can you guys pray? Uh, just other people from church, and they started praying and stuff, and just the, the wanting started growing. But um, the resources weren't there for me to get the truck. Mm-hmm. So even though I thought I had felt God say yes, the resources weren't there. And I'm like, oh, man. So I told my friend, no, you know, I'm not going to go go with it. And he goes, well, all right, you know, that that's okay. But then Sergio calls and he goes, hey, why don't you get the truck? I'm like, well, I can't because I want to come up with at least this money so that, it, you know, I can go get it and have it ready and stuff. And... Um, if I can remember, I was able to come up with some money, but just to to be able to like get it and and get the tags for it, license plate, insurance, and stuff, and have a little cushion, but not the down payment, you mm-hmm. know. And I wasn't gonna use that cushion for the down payment because what if something happened? And then, and he goes, you know what? Just come and get it. Just come and get it. You know, you don't have to give me a down payment or anything. I'm like, what? No, I can't do that. He goes, yeah, sure. Come and get it. I want you to come and get it. So I planned on it. I went, got the truck. And, you know, I mean, we were all excited and stuff. So, yeah, I think I had registered the truck, Narrow Gate, LLC. I was trying Why to- Narrow Gate? Well, first of all, it was supposed to be Gideon because... Even after I heard God say, yes, go with it, I was doubting. So I would ask him for signs. Like, do you really want me to? You know, well, if so, then okay, let me work hard and I can get this money. And so then I would get the money I was asking for, right? Um, and then I'd be I'd come up with another thing. Well, no, because I can't come up with uh, the, the down payment and then... Sergio was like, you don't need a down payment. <laughs> so kind of like Gideon. But when I called to, to, to license it, the name Gideon wasn't available. And I was on the phone with them, uh, with the people that were going to, to do this. So I'm like, what do I call it, right? And at that time, I, I was reading uh, Matthew 7, uh, 
narrow gate. And then narrow gate. So hmm. it popped into my mind. I went and looked at it. Enter, enter ye in through the narrow gate. Hmm. I'm like, narrow gate, narrow gate. I'm like, I like, I like the sound of that. First, I just thought about the sound, you know, how it sounded and stuff. Hmm. So I said narrow gate, right? And then, you know, seven LLC. Well, uh, then later I was like, hmm, why did I choose that? I mean, now I'm going to have the name on it. And up to now I haven't, I, I made a sign, but I never put the name on it. But it's a reminder to me that I got to be on the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that's, that's why narrow gate. Hmm. So when you got that truck, I remember a Sunday mm-hmm. where you drove the truck to church. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the service was all about just reaching out and, and living for Christ and everything we do. Mm-hmm. And we took the whole church outside to the parking lot, and mm-hmm. we surrounded you in that truck. What happened? That was wonderful. I mean, you have a very good memory. How do you remember what you were preaching that time? I, I just do. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I did drive the truck. I, I did drive the truck to the parking lot, and I mentioned I asked anyone if you know they felt nudged, if they wanted to come out and and pray over me and over the truck and stuff. And yeah, I mean, like almost all the church, they came out. I I popped open the hood so they could bless the engine, (laughs) pray over the engine. I opened the doors and uh, they laid the hand, the the whole church laid hands on me and on the truck and they prayed over us, you know, wonderful blessing. Hmm. It was a beautiful way of just saying, we're dedicating and commissioning you to live for Christ in this role. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So you took that serious because, one, you, you have the name on your truck, mm-hmm. right? This is what I stand for. But your, your uh, you know, normal route was West Michigan to Chicago, Chicago mm-hmm. back, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you start living all the time on mission? Because the church started coming behind you, mm-hmm. kind of providing some food. What, what took place? What were you seeing? Well, um, when you drive, you know, when you're driving and you get to corners and you see people on the sides of the road asking for help, I mean, y- your heart goes out to them, right? And so, I would try to help as much as I could. You know, if I had a couple of dollars or if I had an extra sandwich, a water pop, whatever. But driving to Chicago and Grand Rapids, you see a lot of people, and you're like, your heart goes out to them that you can't help more. Mm-hmm. So I started, you know, getting an idea, you know, why don't, you know, like to give more. And I'm like, well, how? And that's where I thought, like, I can't. I don't have the, the, the resources. But, but then I start, stopped focusing on me and started focusing on God. And I'm like, but everything belongs to God, you know. Everything, you know, everything belongs to the Lord. And so I thought, well, I'll go to the church and I'll mention it to the church what I, what I, what I would like to do. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid to do it, but I said, hey, you know what? I mean, I was thinking of making some, some bags and passing them out to people and stuff. If you guys want to, you know, bring some food and stuff. And yeah, I mean, almost the, the next Sunday, people brought juices and bread and snacks and stuff. And we were happy. I think at church once or twice... We filled the bags, but I also brought them home. And this is a, a wonderful experience because I'll never forget, me and my family would sit around the, the, mm. the table and, and hap- you know, we were excited putting in the stuff in the bags. And I would take 12, 13 bags with me a day and put them in the truck. And I would pass them out. Sometimes I would run out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I would come to a stop and I'd see people there. I'd grab two or three and I'd say, hey, here's for you. And and give them to the people, mm-hmm. and God bless you. And you don't have a lot of time to, mm-hmm. to, to talk to the people there. But they were, you know, I mean, you could see it in their eyes that they were very happy mm-hmm. to, to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But what I love about your story, though, too, is you didn't have much time, but it wasn't just a God bless you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are so ready to engage people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what comes to mind, too, is there were other truckers that mm-hmm. you built relationship with through CB or just kind of running with that were not believers, mm-hmm. that you took very intentional time to just build relationship with. You would bring them to church with you a couple mm-hmm. of times. People who had very different wild beliefs than, <laughs> than yours. <laughs> Speak into some of those relationships. How did those form, and, and why were those people on your heart? Okay, well, I mean, there was a, a, a friend that I talked to the most. Uh, and, you know, I pray for him because he's still doesn't step into a church. He did accept my invite a couple of times. But yeah, I mean, um, built a relationship with him. 
and just talked, encouraged each other all the time, prayed for each other. Uh, and then there was another person who was very confrontational, you know, would put down Jesus and our faith and just talks about the Bible and all those stories being mythical and mm -hmm. stuff. People even ask me, how can you stand that man? Nobody can stand him. <laughs> uh, it's funny because we went to a party one time and they had a horse out there, you know, for pony rides. And the horse went all crazy, like, when he saw him. <laughs> and the one friend that we pray, pray with all the time, we're together. He's a truck driver as well. I mean, he couldn't hold it but say, you see, not even the horses. Like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyhow, yeah, I mean, he, he started, you know, he came to church a couple of times and, uh, I introduced him to Vern and Carla as mm -hmm. well. Yep. And they had a very good, um, conversation and stuff. And so is there anyone in particular? That no, it's just mm -hmm. what, what I want people to hear is mm -hmm. that your eyeballs are always looking mm -hmm. and searching mm -hmm. and you're always looking for that conversation. Uh huh. And that conversation about faith and the things that matter. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's been times where I have to go and fix my equipment because I have the truck, but not the equipment. So I hook up to the equipment at the rail yards, at, at the container rail yards over there in Joliet or Chicago. And a lot of the times the tires are bad, the lights and stuff. So they have an area called the roadability where you can take it over there and fix it. And so... You get there, and there's a lot of mechanics who are just mad because it's raining, it's hot, it's stormy, it's snowing, it's cold, whatever. And there's 20 trucks in line. And so I get there, and sometimes I have that attitude, too, because I'm in traffic, and it's hot, and this and that. Um, I was uh, taught to, to do shortcuts. You know what? If you don't have a light in your your chassis, just grab one from here, mm. you know, or, you know, from another one. Stealing, basically, right? Because the rule is you're not supposed to get stuff from other equipment. Well, after a few months, I said, no, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to be obedient to God, and I'm not going to do this. So I would go and get in roadability. And another friend or another person I knew could from Chicago, from the Holland area could be at the same rail yard as when I was, they could be home already. And I was still in Chicago because I decided to honor God and do the right thing and go to roadability. And so I seen a lot of opportunity there because a lot of the mechanics were, were again, angry, some were friendly and stuff, but I would just ask, how's your day going? Yeah. And I remember one time one guy said, well, I, I, I didn't sleep all night. I just got out of jail. I'm like, what happened? Well, they caught me with weed and stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that you were locked up. You know, uh, are you hungry? I got, that's when I had the bags. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, what do you have? I'm like, well, I have a snack bag for you. And I gave him two. And he's like, oh, man, thank you. And I said, no, thank you. You know, I mean, you're out here and it's, it's, it's hot and stuff. He goes, yeah, you wouldn't know. And then he started talking about his day and stuff, how it, you know, swearing and stuff. But I was just listening to him. And in the end, you know, I said, hey, well, may God bless you. You know, I hope, I hope, you know, that I don't remember exactly what mm -hmm. I told him, but I know that, you know, I, I blessed him and asked God to bless him and stuff. Um, and there was other times where I would tell other mechanics as well, hey, can I pray for you? Because they would open up and say, hey, well, my wife is sick or I want to quit this job. And so, yeah, a lot of opportunities to talk to the mm -hmm. mechanics. And I did many times. Yep. That's awesome. And I think something that's cool about that is it's almost as if the, the people and the, the situations that you're put into through, you know, that particular job, mm -hmm. like nobody else would really have the opportunity to do that probably in a mm -hmm. lot of different ways. And some people may look at like maybe their particular career field as like like I, when I think about a truck driver, uh -huh. my first thought is not oh that's a great evangelism like field there, <laughs> like, you know I don't think about that. But uh -huh. there's probably a very unique way in which you're relating to people, especially as, I would I would think in that context that not many people are being connected with. Like I bet you those oh, mechanics okay. are not making 
types of connections with, like, with just people coming in because it's just a, kind of a different maybe mindset or lifestyle yeah, that you're true. really able to mm-hmm. get into. Well, a lot of truckers, you know, just want to truck and drive and right. and and go to the restaurants and eat their burgers and, That's and, what I'm and thinking, stuff. Yeah. That, yeah, you know. But there are a lot, you know, who even have CBs. I used to have a CB and I would, you know, start preaching the word of God and and I would get good responses and I would get bad responses. But I was missing out on the opportunities going to that road ability to evangelize. And I only saw that when I decided to become obedient to God. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. He, Obedience, then your eyes are open. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did hate it for a while because I'm like, oh, man, I could be home already like this guy and that guy. But no, I actually started enjoying it. And and you can they can see you because you're in line and they're just driving by. They're like, hey, what are you doing? They they <laughs> wave with their hands. I'm like, well, I'm in line, you know, <laughs> whatever. Then you get the call, get out of there, just go grab the lights from another chassis. And I'd be like, no, no, I'm gonna stay here. And once in a while I would even tell them why I was staying there. Hey, you know what? I don't want to steal. I want to do things right. Okay, whatever, you know, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I mean, with with uh, obedience, you know, you can you. I, I was able to see that opportunity to talk to other people, because I mean, they're pretty much besides going to 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 stores and truck stops, getting your 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 food or whatever. You don't really have a lot of time with these guys. You do because they could be working on your truck for 10, 15, 20 minutes, thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and not only that, but if you know, you, you you get to see them more often. Yeah. Yeah, build on a relationship. I remember those times, too, when you were sitting in line. Those were times you and I would trade phone calls back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, right? And, and you would be saying, hey, I ran into this person, and can we pray for him right here, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, again, I, I just want that heartbeat of for people to hear all the time on mission, no matter what you do. And mm-hmm. I, I love how you see that, too, as a truck driver. Wow, I didn't think of it that way. Right. David, I want to go even before you were a truck driver. Uh, you were working for a, a local company in town here, and um, you were working on the manufacturing floor, and there was a, a certain story where there was a gentleman who was very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through kind of what happened? There are no names or anything like that, okay. but uh-huh. but just share that story and, and how he finally came to you. Okay. Well, I love... I love that story. You know, I mean, it's, it's a God-written story. It's God sent. I started working at LNW, and I was a new Christian. I mean, I didn't even know how to be a Christian. I would meet you, and I'd say, hi, my name is David. I'm a Christian. What church do you go to? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That would scare everybody. Yeah. Well, towards the end of my me working there, I'm upset at God. Because I'm thinking, God, before I was a Christian, I could make tons of friends. Just drop the F-bomb, and everyone's your friend, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so now, I mean, how do I, it's hard to communicate with people because, you know, my vocabulary consisted of a lot of bad words. Um, and, and here I was at, at L&W for three years, and I had made, like, maybe four or five good... Um, I mean, I, ha- I had built some some uh, connections. Sure. I mean, definitely people that I would talk to about God and they were of different beliefs, Jehovah's Witnesses and mm-hmm. stuff, three or four that we would talk, you know, and they respected, you know, they respected me. I respected them. Um, um, but at almost at the end of three years, when I'm fixing to go truck driving, I'm just wrestling with God. Lord, what happened? I've been here, and and nobody ever came to church with me. One person did, Jose. You know, Jose started coming to church. He's still going to church. Thanks be to God. Um, But um, there was this one individual who always would hit me hard. I mean, he'd see me walking, and he'd be like, hey, come here. So so if there's, you know, if there's a God, why is there so much, you know, Mm. bad in the world? You know, and the Bible contradicts itself. And and look at all these Christians. They're, they say they're Christians, but you see that one, you know. Um, and, yeah, just making it very challenging to me. And when he wouldn't have any answers and get upset, he'd badmouth me, you know. Oh, you don't know anything. You're stupid and this and that and blah, blah, blah. 
Um, well, towards the end, I remember one time I was working. I was frustrated. I wanted to go work. And he calls me. Or he starts walking to me. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. You know, not right <laughs> now. I, you know, yeah. I was having a bad day. And so it's very loud in there. So when he approached me, I put my, my head down to pick up my ear, right? Like, so I, I, I seen down and he's like, he told me something, but I couldn't hear, but I saw his hands shaking. And then that's when I looked up and he was crying because he's way taller than me. He's crying and he goes, I need help. I need help. And I'm like, what's going on? And he told me how he had tried to commit suicide that hmm. morning. And he told me about everything that was going on in his life and stuff. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I just told him, hey, you know what? Go back to your workstation. Are you going to be okay? Can you go back to your workstation and just stay there? I'll be right back. So I, I run into to the restroom, and I'm trying to call Toby, Marianne, and anyone I can who's who, who I'm like can can help me with prayer and stuff. But at that time, nobody answered. And then I heard God, you know, say, why don't you call me? And so I <laughs> fell to my knees. I fell to my knees and I started praying, Lord, what do I do? How do we, how do I handle this? And, and so, yep, it popped into my mind what to do. And I came out and I went to my supervisor and I said, hey, I need to take this person with me. And I need you to talk to his supervisor and let him go with me. And that person was on the verge of being let go, I think, because of excessive tardiness and ladiness. Uh, ladiness. Ladiness. Late. <laughs> Tardy, late. New <laughs> word, ladiness. That's probably discrimination or something. Right? <laughs> late. Uh, absence. Absence. And, um, yeah, I mean, he goes, I don't think they're going to let him. And no, sure. I mean, God told me to do that. We obeyed. And they came and told me, hey, you guys can go. So they they let me and him go. And they were actually looking for him because we actually drove into a place. Oh, no. Actually, there's there's two, two, two parts. I get them confused. But, yeah, I think we um, brought him to church. I brought him to church. Uh, and then that's where... Uh, Toby, Marianne, and others uh, helped walk with him and nurture him and just surround him with prayer and just hmm. discipleship. Yeah. What was powerful is his testimony was that he tried to just beat David down because he knew David was a Christian, and he tried to just discourage David, but over those years of doing that, uh, he couldn't get you discouraged. Hmm. And finally, when he had his crisis moment, he came to David because he said, I knew your faith was real. Hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you lived it. Uh, you, you put up with all my abuse. Mm -hmm. And you, you continue to have a smile on your face. And, mm -hmm. and I thought that was so powerful that no matter, again, where we find ourselves, truck driving, manufacturing floor, grocery station, when you see the person in front of you and you treat them with kindness and grace mm -hmm. in interest of their life, interest of their spiritual life mm -hmm. and asking those questions, God is already at work. Amen. Mm -hmm. we, we just need to be there. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I love that story and, and how God used you in that space mm -hmm. to just bring light. And you were frustrated because you're like, God, what are you doing? And, uh -huh. and he was doing something all the yeah. time right mm -hmm. in front of you that we yes. don't always see. Yep, yep. And um, Adam, all the time on mission, you know, I used to think that it had to be like a boom, one, two, three, and that's it, you know. I mean, go and talk to a person. But this made me realize that, no, it takes time. It could mm. take time, mm -hmm. you know. And and even, even at home, um, anywhere you go, you know, all the time on mission, um, I guess I can get frustrated with, Myself a lot, obviously, because, I, you know, I'm sin-tainted, but saved by grace. But with a lot of Christians who I see them to be mature, that they don't follow basic teachings of, of Christ, the Bible. And, and so uh, uh, all the time on mission means you lay down your life. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you love your children. You, 
I mean, I've learned a lot from this man. You know, you learn to listen to people, even to your own kids. You you humble yourself uh, and just be Christ to others. Mm. Be Christ to others. So with that, just so it's not words, uh, one of the most powerful experiences I've had with, with walking with a couple to get married was mm-hmm. with you and Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of bring us back to those days because you were kind of coming out of Texas. You were kind of coming out of your mochismo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Tough man. <laughs> that, that's what it means. Tough guy, mm-hmm. right? And the lady just needs to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of you were not married. You came up to Michigan. You were living together. You started going to a Bible study. Then what happened? And how did you work out of obedience to live into that? Well, you're talking about a Bible study, and I don't remember that part, but I do remember the I do remember Nancy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That good. You, you were a part of, of a Bible study, and, uh-huh. and you started looking at things like, oh, I'm not married. I shouldn't be living together right now. Oh, okay, yes. So yes. what'd you do? Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, yeah. Well, Nancy and I, uh, you know, we, we met in Texas. I actually moved to Michigan in an attempt to leave her because I would always run away from my problems. Hmm. You know, I, I, I used to think other people had problems, but it was me. <laughs> and so, Isn't that a great lesson to learn? I know. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was threatening to leave her, but we already had a, a daughter, a child together, and, she, and I would tell her, yeah, I'm going to go to Michigan. I'll come back for you. She goes, no, you're not coming back. So, you know, she convinced me to, to bring her with me. And I was angry about that, you know, but we ended up here. We ended up here in, in, in Holland. My brother, Roy, invited me up here. He was living here already. So, so you are just dating at this point? Are you married No, at this point? we were living together. We had been living together for about three years, maybe. Yep, two okay. years. Yep. We were living together. We, we had our, our daughter, and we ended up here. Um, I started going to church, and I... I always knew that what we were doing wasn't right. You know, we were not married. And I'm like, no, how could God ever bless us, you know, like this? If we're, if we're not married, I can't be doing this. You know, I got convicted of that. And I had to wrestle with God for, for a good year or so. I think I wrestled with God because I felt him tell me that I needed to make things right. And I was like, no, you can't be saying this, God. I mean, we're all, it's like we're married. We have a child together, you know. And I would invite others to pray with me. And so they did. Um, and so, yeah, he revealed to me. He was getting tired with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I kept procrastinating. And, 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 I mean, he gave me a revelation I cannot share. But I was eventually not going to love Nancy the way I loved her. And, and, and he showed me that feeling um, through his supernatural ways. He showed me that feeling, and I, it scared me. I'm like, no, I don't want to not love Nancy. I, 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 and I knew the feeling because, you know, growing up and living wildly, connecting with people, having, you know, uh, not feeling love for people just using them and i'm like no no i I don't want this so that's when i i I started wrestling with nancy and i I shared with her i'm like hey we can't be together she thought i was breaking up with her i'm like no i'm doing this out of obedience to god Mm -hmm. you know we can't be together we're sinning and so then I fought with her for another while you know she tried to convince me well you can just stay at home you know in the living room you know, and I'm like, or, or we can just not do nothing. Or like, but that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> As it doesn't. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you, you try the living room. Maybe that will be better. Okay. And then at, late at night, walking, you know, it's like, oh, so that didn't work out either. So, no, I, um, I finally, I finally, um, she, she also, with, with all the tension and wrestling and, and she seeing that I was serious, she, you know, she also decided, she, yeah, yeah, if you want to do this, go for it. And then she became okay with it. And then a friend of ours um, invited me. He says, hey, if you want to stay in my house, you can do that. So I moved out. I moved out, and everybody was 
was shocked, you know, like friends at work. How can you be doing that? What if you end up with somebody else? What if she ends up with somebody else? I'm like, I'm just trusting God. And what I mean, hey, I'm, I'm being obedient to God and I do not want to be not obedient. Um, and so the wonderful thing is, well, we were, separ- we were separated for seven months, you know, supposedly. Oh, and, and to add to this story, I was still married to my first wife, even mm-hmm. though I had been separated from her for ten, ten years already. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I got separated from, from Nancy, I started the, di- the, the, the divorce process um, to get divorced from, from my ex-wife. And I found out it was going to take six months because we had children together. And I'm like, six months? I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. So I think around the sixth month, we go to court and there there was some issues. No, you can't. And, you know, we had to wait for something else. And then after we waited for that, we go again. And they're like, well, no, you know, did your ex-wife ever live in Michigan? We don't have, what's it called, that word? Like, we don't have permission or authority okay. or something like, like jurisdiction. that. Jurisdiction, yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have jurisdiction over her. Boom, I cannot divorce you. At that point, you know, I had been separated from Nancy for seven months. And, and I told the judge, I said, hey. What do you need? What do you need to get jurisdiction from her? Well, she, you know, I mean, she either has to come here uh, or, or something. I'm like, can I get you a letter? And he goes, well, if you can give me a letter in the next 30 minutes, we'll do it. So, yep, I called her up. She did send, you know, a little letter, uh, faxed it and stuff, took it to the judge. And I told the judge, I said, sir, you know what? This this is my girlfriend. We used to live together but because I was obedient to God to move out because I don't want to sin, I moved out. And so now I want to get married with her and I want, you know, a, a marriage license and stuff. And so I don't know if that helped him decide, okay, I'll give you the 30 <laughs> minutes. But yeah, you know, I mean, I did intentionally also all the time on mission, even though I still hadn't heard the word all the time on mission. I was on mission, you know, because I wanted to, I've always wanted to be in court and, you know, <laughs> give glory to God. <laughs> That's cool. But, but what I love about that story is obedience often is really messy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're a new Christian at this time mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do I follow after God? And, and you did the hard thing. Mm-hmm. And that, like, who would do that, right? But I used to cry. Yeah. Oh, it, it was mm-hmm. a difficult time. But what I loved about uh, the the marriage ceremony for you and Nancy, mm-hmm. uh, David, you got up and you gave that testimony. Mm-hmm. You stood up and just said, "God put this on my heart. This is what we did. This is how we're doing life together." But it was such a beautiful wedding ceremony because uh, the whole body came around you guys, wow. and it was a potluck, mm-hmm. and it was just a beautiful celebration of obedience after God. And, and celebrating mm. with the two of you. But obedience mm-hmm. is messy. Yes, mm. it's hard. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's scary. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's trusting in God. Obedience mm. is trusting in God. You don't know what the next step is. You don't know what's going to happen. Obedience is scary, but it's also very um, rewarding. Yeah. It's a blessing, you know, uh, Nancy and I, we were just planning on having a simple wedding, you know, Pastor Toby marry us, just Nancy, us, the kids, and that was it. But word got around that we were going to get married, and they started asking, well, you know, why don't we have a cake, you know, and why don't we have food? And and we're like, well, you know, we're not really, you know, thinking of any of, the other, of that, you know, I mean, we have a small place, and we can't invite a lot of people. Well, maybe we can get this place. And you know what? Let me go talk to this person. And by the time we knew it, we had a big wedding. Like, <laughs> how many people do you think were there? 200. 200? Mm-hmm. 200 people. The dress, the suit. I mean, just <laughs> rip, rip tips? Rip tips. All kinds of food and two <laughs> massive cakes. And it was just a blessing. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, just right now, thinking about that just reminds me of what God what God can do, and God is good. God's goodness. Can I ask you? um, 
it sounds like a lot of your relationship with Christ, maybe this isn't always true, but I think people that come to know Jesus like later in their life just have some different experiences um, going, going like a, a larger part of their maybe childhood and part of their adult life without knowing Jesus and mm-hmm. then having that transformation later in mm-hmm. life. How did you come to know Jesus um, and what did that look like at that part of your story? Okay. Well, I was raised Catholic. Okay. Well, raised, we, we would only go to church once in a while. Sure. But we had the whole, you know... Uh, the traditions that the Catholic Church mm-hmm. follows and stuff. Um, I remember being, f- I, I, I must have been about six or seven years old when I, when I found a little, like, uh, a picture, an image of Jesus with the blue eyes and the beard with the, the, the crown of thorns. And I fell in love with them. I knew it was God. You know, I, obviously I know now that it was just an image, but that's when I knew there was a God. And I fell in love with this God, you know, and 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 so yeah, it was just like like a nudge, a, a hey, boom, I'm here, hmm. and so yeah, uh, we would go to church once in a while. My mom started reading her Bible, a Bible, maybe like in ninety ninety one, ninety two, something. How old like are that. you at that time? What's that? How old are you at that time? In ninety one, Toby. Well, thirteen, fourteen. Okay. okay. Young teenager. Young teenager, yes. Uh-huh. So, yeah, she, she, she was excited because she started going to church, and she was getting baptized, and she wanted us to go to church. And we would run into her Christian friends once in a while because she, she became a Christian, and they would hug us and shake our hands and stuff. And so she invited us to her baptism, and I said, Mom, I don't want to go to your church with your crazy friends Hugging us, and they don't even know us and stuff. <laughs> Little did I know that year, years later, I'm hugging people. Mm-hmm. Uh, two or 1992, something like that, I was already working at Dairy Queen. And my mom was going to travel to Michigan again to work in the fields. And I'm like, Mom, no, I already got my job. I want to stay here. 14, 15 years old. And, and, and so, yeah, you know, I, I, I stayed there. And the first night she, the first day she left, I found her Bible and I started reading it and I fell in love with, with the word. And so, I mean, I was so excited at school, sharing Jesus and stuff. The two things I remember was uh, just Jesus's healings, you know, that he could heal and stuff like that. And I forgot the other one. I said, I remember, (laughs) (laughs) but I remember at at school uh, praying for people. You know, especially some that would say, hey, well, I'm hurting, I'm in pain or this. And so I would ask them, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And they would say, yeah, you know, so I would pray over them and they get healed and they would be shocked. And I'm like, well, why? If you believe you say you believe Hmm. Jesus could heal Hmm. you. So that was my first, you know, or my second encounter, I think, reading the Bible for a couple of years, you know, when I was like 15, 16 years old. That changed my life a lot because at that point I was already uh, doing drugs, selling drugs, drinking and stuff um, and dating. And so I was dating a girl that we were getting to a point that I knew we were going to cross. And I stopped. I said, no, we can't do this. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, she was of a different uh, faith as well. I understand. Yeah, let's... uh, you know, but two days later, three days later, starting to get to that point. And so she finally broke up with me because she wanted to get intimate and, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't. Uh, and so I stopped the, the, the alcohol, the drugs, the, the being with the girls and stuff. Um, and, and so can you? So <laughs> you, you, you walked away from Christ uh-huh. after this point. For uh-huh. a long season. Yes. Mm-hmm. How'd you come back? Okay. I, again, it, it's just steps. Yes. Yeah. Like two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. But um, I found an old picture where I am, you know, in, on sitting on a bed, reading a Bible, and I'm like, I was looking for Christ then, you know, and Nancy's like, Yeah, you used to read it all the time. I'm like, Wow. I mean. But I was, we weren't even going to church. I wasn't intentionally living for, for God. But um, our last place we lived in, in Texas, 
I was working, I was working under a van, our vehicle, and it landed on top of me and it almost killed me, mm-hmm. you know? And in that same house, I woke up one time not being able to breathe. I just couldn't breathe to the, and I thought I was going to die. But then when I thought it was the end, that's when I got my breath back. Um, when I was about seven years old, I fell off a two-story house, landed on concrete, and nothing happened to me. Well, that's questionable. <laughs> 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 nothing physically. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I mean, all those things kept telling me that God was calling me, that God was calling me. And so, yep, when we moved up here to, to Michigan... People at at different workplaces I was working at started telling me about God and the Bible and inviting me to church and stuff. And I was ready for it because when I first got here, I was angry. And and I remember, you know, just starting to party again well here. But I was partying with someone way harder than me. And I realized if I don't stop doing this, I'm going to end up in jail. Things aren't going to go well. And so that's when I started, you know, um, reading the Bible again and looking for a church. And eventually, yep, I found mm-hmm. found a, a great church mm-hmm. and bro- uh, fellowship. Mm-hmm. Fellowship is what I didn't have back in my teens. If I would have had that and, you know, I think that would have been better because I would have had people who could, you know, speak into me and and would have helped me with things I was struggling with and mm-hmm. stuff. That is a, a beautiful thing to kind of close us out on and for us to think about as believers. There are God's always moving, and there are people who are longing to be just drawn into a community. Mm-hmm. But if we're not living in community ourselves, what do you invite somebody into? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's been your story, too, that I've just seen that uh, you have just opened up your home, too. I mean, I can't wait for the next time we have fajitas together. Oh, yeah. Right? But but you grill out. Mm-hmm. You, you, your house is always open to somebody mm-hmm. else. And that's a beautiful picture. Yes, we need to be on mission all the time, seeing where God is moving. But the key also is in doing life together. Mm -hmm. Invite them into your life. Walk Mm -hmm. with them, even Mm -hmm. in the messiness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your story, uh, a powerful story, because God revealed himself early on, and there's just been those seasons Mm -hmm. of continually calling you to deeper obedience. Mm -hmm. And there's also been those times where you've totally walked away, Mm -hmm. but you've come back, and now you're living for the Lord. And every time I'm with you... You're speaking of the Lord, right? <laughs> you, there's a passion and a joy and an mm-hmm. excitement. Mm-hmm. And that's just some of the stories that we want the church to hear all the time on mission. That, that's who God's invited us to be. Uh, no matter where you find yourself behind the steering wheel of a truck, mm-hmm. on the manufacturing floor, wherever, uh, God is moving. Keep your eyes and your ears open to see what he's doing. So, oh, you have one more thing? It doesn't have to be intimidating. Because we hear all the time on mission. You know, we hear all the time. It's like, really? But, I mean, we don't realize that if, if, we, if Christ lives in us, we are automatically doing all the time on mission. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the full armor of God. You know, I mean, yeah, we can say, I- I'm going to pray the full armor of God on me and, and go through the motions. I'm putting on the helmet of salvation, taking the sword of the Spirit. But, no, if Christ resides in us, the armor is on us already, all the time. And so we're already, we are already walking, living the way Christ has called us to. And um, it doesn't have to be intimidating when we hear all the time on mission. As long as we, you know, God calls everyone to, you know, gives them their gifts. And so if it's the gift of someone to to evangelize, talk to others, it'll come naturally. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll just open up your ears. You, you hear a word, uh, a struggle, just ask God at that moment, what can I say? How can I pray for this person? And sometimes you won't even say anything. You know, I, I, I seen a, a guy at work 
I asked him, you know, why, why are you limping? And he told me he had an accident. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, and stuff. Uh, he, today I saw him walking better, you know? And I'm like, hey, you're doing better. I can see you're, you're doing better. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm feeling a whole lot better. Well, he didn't know that I prayed for him. Mm-hmm. And so I just hope that, you know, yeah. that, that God. Mm-hmm. One thing I was going to say is I think your story um, of your coworker that ended up attempting suicide and then came to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are important stories to sort of remember and just call to mind because the the outcomes to us of living all the time on mission, I think, are not always as tangible in mm-hmm. that way. Like mm-hmm. like that had a very, we, you were able to see kind of how God used you in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times you don't always see that. Um, and I think we just have to remember that God's work and God's plan is so much bigger than like what we can see from our point of view. Right. Yep. Um, and because sometimes that can be discouraging almost to have some of those encounters. Okay. Like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't like, yeah. I didn't see the thing that I was hoping for, but we have to be able to kind of surrender that and be like, yes. Uh-huh. Here's the phrase I think that we really have to wrestle with and, and become content with obedience is success. Right. right. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's you what I love about, wrong. that's what I love mm-hmm. about your story, right? You, you had those deep things in you, a, a call to obedience that, mm-hmm. that's been very difficult in times. The results were up to the Lord, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and that's where we really, as you know, boy, we want to see the end result. We mm-hmm. want to own it. Oh, God mm-hmm. did this through me. It's just, mm-hmm. nope. Do that next act of obedience and let God be God. Yeah, that's awesome, David. So sure. good to have you here today. Yeah, man. The Thanks Lord for bless having you me. And yep, it's a pleasure to meet you all yeah. and be here. This is awesome. It's great. To God be the glory. He's good. Mm-hmm. His mercy endures forever. Pra- praise Him. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear more all the time on mission stories from you. Oh, yes. Over fajitas. Over fajitas. Yeah, I got it. I had a couple of those. I should have taken you some <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, grace and peace, everybody. You yeah. want to wrap us up? I was going to say, we always ask our guests to pray for us. Would you oh, mind? Okay. Stop Close here. out in prayer for us. Yes. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this great opportunity, Father. And the words that were shared, Lord, may they be to glorify your name. That whoever um, listens to this, Lord, and that you're calling them for for them to be all the time on mission, that they would take this, Lord, and may it be an encouragement, Father. I pray that you would erase all fear in anyone, Father, who wants to, to, to speak a word for you, Lord Jesus Christ, who wants to be all the time on mission, that even if there's fears, intimidation, Lord, that they would just... Be obedient, Father, and they will see, Lord, that with that obedience comes blessing and happiness, Father, uh, not only for them, but for others as well, as they hear your word, your name, the mighty acts that you do, Father, and may you do, may you continue to do mighty works, Father, in people's lives who are listening to this for, for us in this room, and and I can only wait to see what you're going to call us to uh, next, Father, for obedience. And uh, may we walk through it graciously, Lord. Thank you. To you be the kingdom, or to you, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, Lord. Help us submit to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, David. Thank you. Hey, thank you for having me. It's awesome. Yeah.